this city like never before in Jesus name amen praise God amen 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 so today we're going to talk about the expanding strategy amen God's expanding the strategy that he's given us for um, for the city and basically our strategy has been to make known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God that's always what we do we don't wrestle against flesh and blood you know that just is so petty uh, we have one enemy and that's Satan and he has a structure and he has a, a, an organization that we um, dismantle and dethrone and so when God sends people to do a work it is to dethrone principalities and powers we you may not look at it as as that but it is it is exactly that there are certain things when they happen uh, they're not just an answer to prayer but there there has been and I hate to use this word shift because it y'all feel me on that everybody shifting and wearing shifts and shifting this and shifty shifty Lazar and shifty him and but there is a I call it an unseating of the prince that has been hovering over an area and holding certain activities uh, that hinder the freedom of people prosperity of people salvation of people all of these things are hindered because evil princes sit in in seats of authority and seats of power over regions and cities and so when we pray we're not just God give me some money well I'm going to kill that devil anyway so you know because most people are not going to rise above their ability to number one earn money number two manage money and number three be faithful to God see if you if you got millions and God says give me half of them you gotta so let us not get all you know caught up in this world's goods please I mean I think it's good to enjoy the things of this earth but that's not what we work for amen we work for the kingdom of God and we work for liberty in Christ Jesus and so there are times when you will know that there has been a a dethroning of an evil prince that has been holding certain activities certain uh, goods certain uh, people and mindsets you'll you'll be aware that that thing has come down and that the power is now shifted to the people of God so that's the shift you want you want the power in a region shifted to the church where it rightfully belongs because we will administer it justly and whoever God will assign under that authority uh, will also get the benefit of that and so we don't chase uh, uh, people and and, you know harbor grudges and and all of this flesh and blood nonsense but we go after who's in charge of things and those are evil princes and, and evil powers that are seated in places of authority where they rule and reign their cities are are divided up and and regions are divided up uh, we know that there is a a uh, a change uh in in authority 
authority and territory. Territories are mapped out by the devil and assigned. There are different uh, princes assigned over different territories. Uh, we know from from experience in traveling that there is a a territory that stops just north of the city of Toledo and it continues on up into Michigan and so you will notice a change if you anybody who's uh, gone to been in Toledo that area where Myers is in Alexis Road that is one of the places where there that um, that one line of authority one prince's authority stops and another one starts there are certain things God will show you how to figure that out when you go down there there's turbulence in that area all the time you can go down there and it'll be uh, mild in in uh, 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 southern Michigan, like around, um, what's that place up there we go where chicken, church's chicken is over there. Uh, Monroe. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> when I say church's chicken, everybody says Monroe. <laughs> but in that area, you will, you will notice that there is a turbulence there, which means there's activity. Amen. There's, there's, uh, voices there are activity there's a gathering there uh, for assignments and for uh, meeting out assignments you'll notice that there are certain things certain times where activity uh, demonic activity is stronger where there is a changing of their guards they have a shift change you know uh, Jesus spoke of it as being the fourth watch of the night Three o'clock in the morning. How many of you get awake and I don't care when you go to sleep. And some of you can't go to sleep till after three in the morning. Because your spirit is alive and awake to spiritual happenings. And there is something going on there. And so fourth watch prayer is always extremely important when you when you pray. You know I know people have had well you know well we had watch night. And, you know. But just do it at the right time. Get it, get hit him with. You understand what I'm saying? Hit him when he's there, and and the Holy Spirit will alert you and stir you and awake you to hit it at an advantageous time. Yeah, because God, you know, you don't have to wear yourself out to do God's work. You really don't. You can you can get your 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 uh, timing. If you're equipped in your arms, you can get your timing so that you're 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 more of a marksman. You're more of an expert at this, and you know when to hit and how to hit. I remember when I was was first understanding spiritual warfare, I bound everything I could bind, and I loosed every I hit everything swinging, and it worked for me to a degree. But then after a while I realized, God, you know, I could get better at this if you'd help me with this. And and so I depended on the unction more. You know, the unction of the Spirit and the leading of the Spirit in that way. So there are certain certain things that we do as believers to liberate cities because we take authority our rightful authority over evil princes wherever you see evil going on you have a right to stop it in the name of Jesus you have a right to declare the word of the Lord to be established in that situation you have a right to stop certain things uh, because God doesn't want them going on wherever there's evil going on if there's uh, uh, abuse going on 
on. If there's abuse of laws, abuse of, of uh, people, and abuse of uh, 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 different kinds of uh, people who are, are dependent on overseers to be fair and to be just. When you see those things happening, you have a right to put a stop to it in the name of Jesus. You don't really have to know a demon's name. You just know his activity. He knows his name. So all you have to do is tell him stop and he knows to stop. You see, if he doesn't stop right away, just keep holding your faith. Don't doubt that you have authority keep holding keep holding him in faith you know it's like you know just grabbing him by the neck and he's still wiggling and squirming but eventually he will stop amen and so you don't lose your hold on it you you keep your hold on these things because when you talk about rebuilding a city you have to build with a a a hammer in one hand and a a gun in the other hand you know like nehemiah did and and we're going to talk about that a little bit and so we we must know that that we have to expand our strategy now so that we can can get the effect that God wants us to have and I believe part of the strategy is to call forth deliverers so that's one of the things that we're going to do today we're going to call forth deliverers to this city so that the work of God will get done and it will be done by the right people who are equipped to do the job now we need to know that deliverers are called they are not volunteers they are called of God to do what they do the days of being five different ministry gifts in five days are over you got me Uh, everybody's going to know who they are and know what they are because there will be fruit and signs amen you know, you can sit in your refrigerator and call yourself a carrot, but if you you don't have the signs of a carrot, you know, you not no carrot. And so we're going to now have truth coming like never before. We're not going to have titles, you know, to bluff each other and to impress each other. But but we're going to this is this is also the year of the confirmed word. Where God is confirming his word with signs following. The woman of God here on the front row said that that uh, she was, was thought about coming to the meeting. She got a, a message from Bishop Russell on her phone and she said uh, Sister Sandra had already told her already to come uh, to this meeting. So that's a confirmed word folks. I mean uh, you know when God wants you to do something he's not going to have you up in the air about it. He confirms it and it settles it and you know what you got to do. You understand what I'm saying? So you know what you have to do. So deliverers are people who will come and and liberate a city. And they will start, deliverers operate on different levels. There are deliverers that operate totally in the spirit. Then there are deliverers that operate in the spirit and the natural. And there are deliverers that operate totally in the natural. And we all do the same work. We're working for the same God. And our work backs the other one up. So we shouldn't be 
in conflict and strife with people you know Jesus said those who are with us you know if they're with us if they're they're not against us you understand what I'm saying if they're they're not against us they're not preaching Satan or anything stupid like that then they are for us and and just leave them alone and let them go ahead and do what God wants them to do and so but there will be natural deliverers too there are people who uh, in the secular world are called to do great things for this city there are also opportunists that come and now we have to really be uh, um, uh, discerning and knowing a natural deliverer from an opportunist right now the opportunists have been having their way in this city you know people who see uh, vacant buildings torn down buildings they go in and buy a bunch of them and they want to make a bunch of money selling them to people that you know can't afford to fix them up or you know something like that there are also opportunists that will come in and take advantage of uh, laws that they can circumvent and so that's why we pray for integrity in in the rebuilding of this city you want it done the right way you don't want a bunch of opportunists coming in here see there's there's been a conspiracy in this city uh, a spiritual conspiracy against the homeowner and it's against the person who works hard and and spends his money purchases a home and wants to live in a safe environment so the conspiracy against the homeowner if you say for instance if you drive down Gratiot Avenue anywhere uh, you know south of maybe like 696 and, and over across uh, 8 mile if you're on Gratiot it looks like a war zone all of these commercial buildings are are falling down you can't go in and fix them up yet if you go on some of these streets you see hard-working residents trying desperately to keep their property together but they're being overshadowed by this blight that's in the commercial zone well let me tell you how the commercial property got like that the landlord owns a building the inspector comes by the landlord pays the inspector thirty forty dollars to pass his inspection that building has been rotting for for ages and nobody makes them fix it up because there's a conspiracy against the homeowner to drive him out of his home to turn these cities into dope dens to allow the enemy to come in and do whatever he wants to do right in a nice residential area where people want to live and they want to have a wholesome neighborhood many of you you remember some of these streets were nice streets to live on not too long ago some of you grew up in these areas but it's the conspiracy of the commercial against the residential that has torn a lot of this down because the the homeowner your house has to pass inspection you got to keep it up because you got to live there but the guy who's doing business there once he's got as much money out of the the customers as he wants he moves over into the suburbs and he leaves this dilapidated building down here and then you go in and you find out it's had violations by violations and nobody ever fixed them up because they've been able mammon has run the city and has run the property down and so when in the rebuilding then you want to rebuild with integrity you know God make these landlords responsible to keep up their property 
and not just have raggedy buildings sitting up there and take our money for the the spoiled goods that they serve us and let's have a city that's built on integrity you know from the bottom up you don't have to put up with this nonsense it's nonsense make the people who are inspectors lord if there's any uh, crooked inspectors expose them just make that make it known that that they're no good and and that they need and get them fired get them out of this city we don't want them here and you run them all out of here this city is you know Kwame Kilpatrick wasn't the first mayor stealing in this city he was just the most obvious you understand what I'm saying but they had to put a stop to it amen so so it had to be stopped and so sometimes the last guy that's crazy enough to to go stealing and let everybody see it he's the one who gets stopped but you want it stopped you understand me you don't want a you don't want a, a mayor and governors and people running things who are corrupt character does matter huh remember that when bill clinton was caught with his business nonsense shenanigans they kept saying oh character doesn't matter oh yes it does oh yeah God says he that rules over men must be just ruling in the fear of the Lord sin is a reproach to any people righteousness exalts a nation and so we want to be an exalted nation we don't want to be a reproach in the world we want to be who God called us to be so we want to discourage opportunists in the biggest way God clear them out of here get them out of here you're going to hear some businesses packing up and leaving you know why because when you start uh, taking authority over opportunists over that spirit where they don't have the good of the city at heart they just want to line their pockets you want them people out of here and so they, those people are going to leave and God's going to raise up people of integrity who will build this city the right way and build it for him <clears throat> opportunists will always interrupt what true deliverers are you are doing they occupy space they have a hold on property they hold up everything because they are waiting for the bigger buck to come into their hands they are not builders and they're not planters and so you want deliverers to come and call forth deliverers so that they can discourage the opportunists they can look them eye to eye and and stare them down and make them drop their prey and leave it you got me and so this is what what God wants to do he wants to raise up deliverers in this city now is the time for the deliverers the people who really will confront deliverers have a vision they are people of vision and they are people of resourcefulness they are self-motivated and they can motivate others so these are people who do more than sit around and talk about what we ought to do what we should have done what we could do these are people their words have power their words stir people to get up and do what God wants them to do so in the book of Nehemiah we see a good story about this I'm just going to go maybe through this first chapter and I'm going to give you an example what what I saw God speaking to me prophetically uh, from a real life example that I, I saw not too long ago in Nehemiah chapter 1 the words of Nehemiah the son of Chalah and it came to pass <laughs> whatever that brother's name is 
He was at Shushan the palace, and Hanai, one of my brethren, came. He and certain men of Judah, and, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity concerning Jerusalem. Now, these were free Jews. They weren't in captivity like Nehemiah was. He's inquiring about them. You know, if you know people are free, they ought to be doing free things. And so when Nehemiah hears what's going on in the city of Jerusalem, he's brought to tears. He was so hoping that there was good news from Jerusalem. He was so hoping that the city was strong. The people were uh, making the sacrifices to God and worshiping God and all of the things that they normally do. But he did not hear that kind of news. And he said, they said to me, the remnant that are left, verse 3 of the captivity, there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. Sound familiar? Great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. And the gates thereof are burned with fire. Which means anybody can come in and go out and do whatever they want to do at any time. And you don't want a city like that. You want a fortified city. You want a safe city. You want a protected city. You want a city that's discerning. Certain people are are invited here and certain people are not invited here. And he said it came to pass when I heard these words I sat down and wept. And mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Now, people who are deliverers offer up their bodies as living sacrifices to the Lord. They don't have to eat for many days. They don't have to sleep for many hours if that's necessary, if that's what it takes. But they are people who carry a personal burden for things to change. They see it It hurts them and wounds them personally to see certain things going on that should not be going on. And so Nehemiah took a personal interest. Opportunists tend to want to come and pick the the cherries and the gravy and take all the good things and skim that off the top and then run off and enjoy it somewhere. But a true deliverer will plant himself in a place and uh, let that work continue do make whatever sacrifice deliverers are people of great sacrifice they will do whatever they need to do whatever God commands them to do Uh, going without food is nothing for them fasting and prayer is nothing for them and so here uh, Nehemiah said when he heard these words he moaned and he prayed and he prayed before the God of heaven deliverers are repentant people they're very humble people they're not boastful they're not trying to draw attention to themselves they humble themselves because they see themselves more as a vessel more than a person you know more than a crown or somebody who is you know want to blow up and have the greatest this and the greatest that and all that kind of stuff deliverers don't have that kind of makeup deliverers will do whatever is necessary to get their answer in their vision from God so Nehemiah here is seeking God and deliverers are people who are not afraid to seek God they're not afraid to pay the price to get the answer from God and so they can build upon their understanding and their knowledge in God by making these kinds of sacrifices verse 5 and he said I beseech thee O Lord God of heaven the great and terrible God that keeps covenant and mercy 
you got to get in touch with the right God, folks. See, a true deliverer knows his God. The Bible says they that know their God will be mighty and do exploits. They'll do things nobody could ever have thought they would do before. And he says he keeps covenant and mercy. He says when I get a hold of God I want the one who will do what he says he's going to do and be merciful at it. You got me? So you want that God. You don't want a God of judgment. You don't want a God who that you're halfway afraid of because you're not sure what he might want with you. You want your covenant keeping God who always will give us a second chance. Who always will look at us uh, with mercy. Who always will give us an opportunity to correct our wrongs and to do things right. And he says to mercy to them that love him, uh, him and observe his commandments. He says let your ear now be attentive and your eyes open. That you may hear the prayer of your servant. Otherwise he said wake up God. Come on now. I've been at this a while. And I want some results. Huh? That's all it takes folks is to say the obvious. Like Gideon did. They were running around trying to get a little bit of barley. And the minute they got a few crumbs of barley, the enemy would come and, and steal it from them. Starving the people to death. And they were, and, and Gideon just said, now wait a minute God. If you're our God, where is the miracles? He wasn't asking for food. He wanted a miracle because he knew it was going to take. Well, he food, had food all the time and it was leaving from him. But he said, "Where? wait a minute. Give me some strong power in here. Where is the miracles? I was I was uh, asked by a woman to to come to a, a conference she was having, and I didn't even know her. And uh, of course, that didn't make any difference. God knows her. You know what I'm saying? But you know, usually people know you. That's kind of like mm-hmm. you're comfortable, whatever. But she she said um, she said, well, I've talked to Miss Nola, your secretary, and she told me that I should just go ahead and talk to you. And Nola knows our schedule, and, and I don't schedule anything during Empowerment Week because that's a road meeting, and it you know takes a lot, kinda. And uh, but she. She was just so, you know, you just see the purity and the honesty in her voice on the other end. And, and so I thought Nola told her I was going to do it. You know what I'm saying? So, and the God prepares you in a way that you don't resist him. You know what I'm saying? So I said, I don't know what she told her, but I'm talking to the lady. And, and, but she said that she really felt God wanted her to do this. And she said, I've been on your website. You know, and people tell me that. I know they've been on there a long time. And uh, she said, I, I understand you have a meeting in Toledo. So I said, she know my schedule better not do. But, you know, but anyway, such a sweet woman. And I agreed to go. And, and Chuck went with me. You know, the old road dogs. We can still get out there and... But anyway, she had asked me to do a, a healing and miracle service for them on Friday night. And so during the meeting, we just a lot of, you know, just stuff I could tell you, just but I'm going to skip by it. You know, devil wouldn't let go of the sound system and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and I always like to, to uh, you know, be nice, look nice, and appear nice. But, you know, sometimes you just got to sweat and get out there and bang the devil upside his head and make him let go of your sound system. And so we were able to get our music loose, which is very important for worship and, you know, that for the healing 
healing anointing. So, and so as as people were coming up, the you know we only told one person to have people put things on the altar to be prayed over, and we looked at altars piled up with stuff. And then the lady brings her cane up there, and my sense was that she wanted the cane prayed over. And so while she was walking, I saw the power of God all over her, and I said, you know what, God's healing you now. Why don't you come on back and you know I walk it out of him and whatever you know the to the working of miracles and and so at the end of the night we had so many people with testimonies of healing we had canes up there we had you know people that wanted prayer cloths and they left items to be they left pieces of paper with prayer requests on them and at the end of the meeting I asked for people who wanted the anointing for the laying on of hands for healing and I looked across the altar and it was just a sea of you know pairs of hands and the Lord said he said did I not tell you this is the year of the believer he said there are hungry believers out there who are tired of being restrained in churches that don't teach them the power of God and don't release the power of God to them and play at the altar and don't give them what I have ordained for them to have and later the the uh, the pastor called me a couple weeks later. She said, oh, I just came back to myself. I said, I know what you mean, girl. And we talked a little bit. And she said, you know what? She said, I was just so blessed. She said, God answered every single thing I asked him. He did not leave out one single thing. She said, because I asked him, God, where are the crutches and the wheelchairs and the canes on the altar? You know, that, that will confirm that you have healed these people and so forth and so on. And it's a wonderful thing, folks, to be involved in the deliverance, not only of a people, but of a city. And, and you know, God spoke some things uh, over that. They live on a mountain, the Poconos in Pennsylvania. And God spoke some things uh, over that area that it would be known as a miracle mountain. And he was starting with their meeting because this little group of people in a church decided to pray like Gideon where are the miracles where's the deliverers where are the people who are going to do the work Lot send the people who will do the work and so it's a wonderful thing to be involved in that and it's a wonderful thing to know that God will come and he will do and your prayers are not in vain your fasting is not in vain your giving is not in vain because God uses all of these things to deliver a city so he says you let your ear be attentive in verse 6 your eyes open you want God to hear you he said which I pray before you day and night not a one time and name it and claim it but you want something you know how to work with folks when you want something from them and the married women say I got it <laughs> that's female trick number 101 you know Stay with that brother all night if you got to. You know what I'm saying. Well, that's another story, but uh, go to bed, children. All right, so anyway. He says, let your ears be attentive. He says, somebody finally got it. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. You woke up, didn't you? That's good. That's good. 
skit. <laughs> I ain't going to say what I was going to say. Let your ear be attentive, your eyes open, that your servant may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night. For the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you. You know, people want to get everything God has with sin on them. You can't do it. That's why he said confess. Confess is still what we do when we sin. And when you do that, he will forgive you and cleanse you. And once you're cleansed, you can do anything. Righteousness will get you everywhere and anywhere you need to get in this world and into the next one. He says we have dealt very corruptly against you. We've, we've not done what we were supposed to do. Many times I know we'll hear teaching that we know is off the wall and sometimes we just shrug our shoulders because there's so much of it. But we need to repent and get up and stand and tell people the truth. You know we we need truth here. He said remember I beseech thee the word that you command your servant Moses saying if you transgress I'll scatter you. And when you see when Israel looked up and saw they were scattered, they knew what the problem was. They knew they were the problem. But they said here, if you turn to me and keep my commandments, God wants a people that are just like him. He don't lie. He don't want us to lie. He don't steal. He don't want his kids to steal. He don't fornicate. He don't want his kids to fornicate. Do you understand me? He wants us to live right and do his commandments. You know, people think just doing the word is legalism. I got news for you. If it's legalism, it works. I don't know what it is. You know, we put too many terms on too much stuff. Obedience is obedience, folks. I'd I'd rather be legal and right than to be sloppy and wrong. He says, yet I will gather them from there. So this is God's promise to Moses. He said, you get, get uh, you know, backslid and you do wrong and you see yourself scattered, then come back to me in repentance and, and promise to do right and start doing right. He says, and I'll turn that thing around for you. That's why we repent for tolerating certain things in our midst, just winking at them and, and going the other direction. You know, sometimes he's, you know, uh, companies go bankrupt because of benefits. Well, salaries are already figured into the income that it, it produces, the benefits that kills you. Like staying at home on Monday and Friday when you know you because it's a personal day. Just because you can. You understand what I'm saying? Too much of that, pretty soon ain't nobody going to have a job. You understand what I'm saying? So this kind of nonsense, just because it's a benefit, and you get it, or I'm going to go out on sick time. Huh? Go and get your little, uh, uh, you know, what do you call them, law- am- ambulance chasing lawyers and <laughs> your whiplash doctor. Huh? Who you think is paying for that? We all pay for that after a fashion. You understand what I'm saying? And so we tolerate dishonesty many times. And because we're, we don't want anybody telling us we can't do it when we want to be bootleg. But God, God's raising up a people of integrity. Your life won't consist in how much time you can have off. It'll consist on how much time you have on. You understand me? You won't mind going to work every day. You won't mind putting in a full day's work for a full day's pay. So he says here, I will gather them 
from everywhere and bring them back to the place that I've chosen for them. There is a chosen place for us. There's a chosen place for God's people and God's ministers. There's a chosen place for us. Opportunists work in the church. They take all the money. They take all the people. They take because they give them no gospel to live by. No rules. Just come in in your, your jeans and your shirts and your this and your that. And you don't have to live right. You just come on in. We got seeker friendly meetings. We're not told to be seeker friendly. We're told to preach the gospel to every creature. If we'd empower believers, people would be saved before they hit the door. And we wouldn't have to worry about, you know, whether they're saved or not. And then you got to water it down seeker friendly. I saw a picture of a marquee somewhere uh, of a bar that said beer and hymns at 7 o'clock. And I'm thinking, where are the alcoholics going to go? You know, when, when they need help, what kind of, where, you know, I understand what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We get happy messages and, and no power. Nobody lays hands on you. And that's your right to have, have devils cast out of you, to have sickness cast out of you, to have the anointing imparted. That's your right as a child of God. How dare they keep you from the things that Jesus died for you to have. And so in, in, in the church, you know, those of us who know the right way to do things and know what God's doing, we keep doing it, do it bigger, do it stronger, do it out loud, do it consistently. I was uh, watching a, uh, this brother, um, uh, Apostle Davis. Anybody seen his tent that he has? They've been praying for the sick all summer long. A prayer tent over there. And the devil burnt the building down and they still outside in the tent. It just did not phase them one bit. they still praying for people. They still, I said, praise God. Somebody's willing to step out there where the people are and offer them Jesus. So easy. And he shares all the time that how easy and how simple it is just to do what God tells you to do. And God always shows up and helps the people. So it's a great thing. A great thing. So Nehemiah here is called as a deliverer of God's people. He's a repentant man. He's a man of sacrifice. Didn't, didn't care if he had to fast. But he put a demand on the God of heaven to show up for him. And that's what see what that's what righteousness will do for you. When you're right before God, you can ask Him anything. People with doubts, there's always something wrong there. You know, doubt won't stay in the heart of a righteous person. Even if you got doubts creeping up in your mind, your heart can touch God, and your heart knows that God will come to your rescue and come to your aid. Chapter 2 it says it came to pass in the month Nisan in the 20th year of Artaxerxes the king that there was wine before him. I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been before sadness presence. <laughs> Maybe because he drank some wine. I don't know. You know so. Mine makes people happy I think. He said therefore the king said to me why is your countenance sad seeing you're not sick. This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. 
And then I was very sore afraid. And I said to the king, let the king live forever. In other words, I don't mean you any harm. Blessing the king. Why should not my countenance be said when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers lies waste. The gates are consumed with fire. The king said, then make a request. See, in the one hand, he's repenting before God and telling God, you know, turn us around, get us back to where he's in. And and God's already got it set up for him. The provision is there. Nehemiah already has a vision of Jerusalem because he lived there. He knew what that city looked like and he wants to restore it to its former glory and even better. So we already have a vision of what needs to be done in this city. We know the churches need to be built on the power of God. Not on nonsense and flim flam. Preachers of L.A. I I could care less about that man and that woman and what they do. I care less about all of them. I have my eyes fixed on the gospel that will release people. If they don't want to do it, I could care less. But I'll get out and do it. And anybody else who wants to be empowered to do it, I'll help them as well. But I could care less about that stuff over there that they do. And he said, the king said, you know what, what do you need? What's your request? Verse 4, he gives him everything that he needs. He said, if it please the king, I found favor in your sight. Always respectful folks. Always respectful. The the servant of God doesn't have to strive. He doesn't have to get you know, go protest and go marching somewhere and beating down somebody's door. No, they will come to you with the provision. You know, you just hold your peace and let God lead you in what you need to do. You don't need to be filling out a bunch of uh what them things they uh no, not petitions. This proposals. All these proposal writers for government money. I don't want none of Uncle Sam's money. I don't even want to be bothered with them people. You know, the God of heaven, he'll provide everything. Because the last thing you wanted as a church is Caesar in your pocket. You don't need his papers and rules and regulations and inspecting you. You know, people get in big trouble with that stuff. They like to see preachers begging the government for stuff. Someone we know in in Cleveland started a charter school. Couldn't account for all the money. That brother did seven years in prison. Huh? The federal government versus, boom, your name down there. Stay off of that stuff, okay? Because you'll never be able to account for Caesar's money. Because he can't account for it. You get mixed up in no nonsense like that. I was being sweet, wasn't I? Okay, here we go. So the the king wants to give him a paid leave of absence. How long is your journey going to be? What do you need? When will you return? So it pleased the king to send him. The king, all the king wanted to know how much you need. He said, and also I'll write letters, giving you permission, opening doors for you, with my authority everywhere you want to go. There are people in in ministry, there are ministers that God will entrust to that level. 
that people in high places will give them letters of recommendation and letters that will allow them to be able to get into places that would be locked to them otherwise. When you're about God's business, he doesn't care who has to give you favor who has to write a letter he did, he could care about any of that he'll do it he'll move mountains to get you in the place you need to be deliverers respect authority and they'll get the job done <clears throat> they have the wisdom to know with whom to share the vision and when to keep their mouth shut huh? many times we get revelation from God and we like the you know, chicken with the little chicken is the sky is falling. The sky going to tell everybody, huh? Chicken little, but the sky is falling everywhere. Oh, they don't tell that. No, I told my age, didn't I? Oh well. <laughs> but we rebuild to remove reproach because there's something about having once had greatness and lost it that brings a shame it brings a heaviness and a weightiness and a reproach and that's why we tear down this wall of reproach over this city because we're still a great city and God is reviving this city so that we can be in a position even better than before when you rebuild it's better in verse 10 you see the trouble they're like flies you just swat them and move them away from you. Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the servant, Ammonite heard it, grieved them exceedingly. There are people that are angry that this city is being rebuilt. They're going to be angry at the people God uses. They're going to say to people that God uses you shouldn't be there. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. God has people of integrity already positioned here waiting for the deliverers to come with the vision so they can be stirred up they are positioned exactly where God wants them to know uh, to be this uh, woman Kim Worthy the Wayne County y'all need to pray for her because she is not afraid of, she ain't afraid of a pit bull you understand me but she's a woman of integrity and she will make sure the job gets done she took the mayor down and didn't flinch and didn't blink she had all her stuff in order she had all her indictments set up she had all her evidence right there and when she went to it she got the job done and and we need to pray for her more because she needs God's uh, uh, protection she needs his wisdom and guidance all of those things because people come that probably want to influence her to do something different and so the temptation is great sometimes to not do the job to the way you know you should do it so so pray for her that God's angels would always hover over her head she stay under authority so she can always be spoken to by God you know to make the right decisions and know and have the uh, courage to do it so all of these naysayers all they can do is distract you from the job don't pay any attention to distracting voices well you didn't ask for this and who told you you could do that and you don't have now well who do you think you are they don't know you down there and they don't know you you understand what i'm saying all of those little voices that want to distract us from the job and so when we rebuild we rebuild to remove reproach 
and to liberate people into the prosperity that God wants them to have. Spiritual prosperity. That believers grow in the in the stature of Christ. That that people who are going to church and faithful people get imparted the power of God so that they can move with God and do the things God wants them to do. You can't do anything without power, folks. You can't do anything without authority. And so we need to and we need to have people that that God will send that know how and when to do the impartation how to teach people and how to get them equipped so that they have the spiritual equipment to do the job one can chase a thousand two can put it don't take many God can say by many or by few but our power to chase demons increases exponentially with each body so if I'm one to the first power. Me and Pastor Shirley, that's one to the second power. This brother here, one to the third power. So we get ten more legions of angels to come on our behalf with every individual that comes in. So you don't need a bunch of people. You don't need to call all the dead, oops, all the pastors in the city to come down. Come downtown somewhere so they can, you know. You just stay on your watch. You do what God told you to do. Amen. So we're calling forth deliverers today. I'm going to share a little story I, I saw, you know, and God, you, we know God speaks to us first one way or then another he speaks prophetically with sometimes people that we we see and and we know in real life um any of you watch project runway it's one of the safe shows to watch most times they don't do anything too crazy on there but um there was a, a young lady on there from detroit her name was sharkita glover and she was a person that you know she she had a, a gift and had ability, but she knew that she needed training, and she saw this Project Runway as her training ground, and she uh, applied and was accepted in with the other designers. And you know, it's a competition, and uh, they talk about each other, and you know, they get up there, and who's going to lose? And her name was always, her face was always up there. Shar's going to lose. She took a risk. Because she was successful at her job as a hairdresser, but it was just something in her wanted to be a dress designer. She had a vision. And so her vision took her all the way to New York and to Project Runway. While she was a contestant there, she had many ups and downs, and she will say that in her testimony. She said her, she had lots of ups and downs. She had worked at her craft as far as her ability and her resources took her, but God saw fit to get her into that arena. Her goal, her vision was to show her her uh, clothing, her design clothing at the Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week in New York City. And so she set apart, set herself to do that. She had a lot of things against her. She was disliked by her peers. Very few people that worked with her really took a liking to her. They talk about her behind her back and all that kind of stuff. Distraction. You got me? Anything to keep you off balance when you have a vision. You got me? They, they made fun of her designs. She was intimidated 
by some of the people she had to work with often you had to work in teams when she worked by herself her designs they liked they were safe but when she got mixed in with somebody else that other person always seemed to kind of overpower her and she kind of fell to their ideas so forth and so on when you let go of the vision you will suffer for it you got me you must hold on and stay true to your vision and the judges tell them that they tell them this you you uh you uh, stay true to who you are you what's your point of view you tell your story through your clothing etc etc the hardest thing for people to do is express the vision that's inside of them and, and get that out where because visions are fought people don't like them they criticize them they tell you you're not supposed to do that you can't do that who do you think you are Sharkita was from Detroit she was eliminated in one round because she was teamed up with a girl that talked her out of this woman was very stubborn this woman was later eliminated she got eliminated but she also was saved and redeemed one of the the man who is a mentor of them he goes in and he helps them to express their ideas he checks their garments he takes them shopping for for their uh, materials and so forth and so on Tim Gunn he's allowed one save one person he can vote to save them once they've been eliminated she was eliminated and he said this to her he said if it weren't so early in the competition I would use my save to keep you here and she cried she said oh that just made my heart so happy for just for you to say that and know that you have confidence in me people who have vision know how to build that vision they know what things to take in that will help the vision and what things to stay away from that will tear the vision down and so Tim Gunn came in the the next next episode you see he's got her in the room he said do you know why you're here and she said no I don't and he said I'm going to use my safe he said and he was crying he said I could not sleep last night because I just knew you were supposed to stay here so I'm going to use it now he didn't save it for later he used it on her see God will have you have people give you things that are very precious to them and very rare to make sure that your vision gets comes to pass and so when she was eliminated they let them talk about what they learned and all that her her farewell first farewell speech was about people in Detroit and she said I'm not just here to rep my, represent myself as a designer she said I'm here to represent the people of Detroit she said and I just feel like I'm here because the world needs to know that people of Detroit are good people she said we're hard-working people she said we're not a crime we're not all criminals we're not all this and all that and she just poured out her heart you know and that would have been her last time there but God see when God saw her being faithful to the vision and faithful to what he put her on television to tell the world about the city of Detroit she was resurrected she was redeemed she got bought back she got back in the competition there was another sand ballot the Horonite trying to stop her there was a young woman that was so insulted that she was down they were down to 
them two were the last two and one of them had to be eliminated this girl was so insulted that she was standing next to this woman that she just fell apart she said I shouldn't be here you were eliminated already well she lost her mind you got me and they gave them they told both of them they said you one of you has got to leave but not yet she said they say you have one hour to do a dress and bring it out here and we'll judge well this girl was so wound up because she thought this Shar was not uh, fit to be in her company she couldn't even make a dress that dress was all lopsided when they brought it out there she was all in tears and Shar got her little friend and she said I know exactly what I'm going to do she got her saved she humbled herself got her, her second win and went in there and went on to go to New York Fashion Week amen as she said at the end of at the end of the competition she did not win she said that she felt the person that won definitely deserved it because their designs were extraordinary but while she was there there were people wanting her clothing Heidi Klein said I heard people backstage saying when are you going to have some stuff in stores I want to buy your stuff you understand and so uh, uh, her her final words were she said mission accomplished she said I set out I had a vision to display my work at Mercedes Benz Fashion Week and I made it and she made her vision because she stayed with it God wants us to call forth deliverers. You can be a deliverer and called of God and not even sure that's what you're supposed to be doing. But you just go ahead and do what God wants you to do. So we're going to stand in the next couple minutes and we're going to ask the God of heaven to send the people that he wants sent. Send deliverers. Send those that you need to have come. Father in heaven we thank you. We call for the deliverers of this city to come. We call them from the far corners of the globe. We call them that have a heart for you. Lord I thank you that you sent a man from Africa to come all the way to Detroit as a deliverer for this city to help in the work. We thank you Lord to have people with a mind to work to come to this city. And Satan we command you away from you have no part you have no lot in this work we command you far from it this is a pure work this is a holy work this is a work that will stand forever throughout eternity and father we thank you to send those that you desire to send here send them in word send them electronically send them however you want to send them Lord but send them to this place that we may go forward and we will accelerate our pace 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 and we thank you father we bless you and we praise you for that in jesus name amen and praise god amen 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 praise the lord praise god praise god praise god if anybody wants prayer come up i'll pray for you and uh, then we'll have lunch huh thank you jesus Yeah.